you'll please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. Thank you, music team, for preparing us for the preaching of the word through that song, Speak, O Lord. Let me encourage you to, to grab a copy of the scriptures. There's Bibles in the chairs in front of you. And let me even encourage you to look at a paper copy because that will help you to see kind of the scope uh, of Psalm 119 and how very unique and, and wonderful it is. Longest chapter in the Bible, uh, Psalm 119. We're going to be looking at the sixth stanza of this psalm in our sermon, summer sermon series. Say that five times fast. Uh, in Psalm 119, we're in verses 41 through 48. And each stanza, if you could look at this in Hebrew, starts with uh, the, the Hebrew letter. Uh, the Hebrew word starts with the same Hebrew letter going down through each verse. And this Hebrew letter, wah, wah, uh, it, it's, it's a very unique letter. It's, it's not used in many Hebrew words. And so the, the, the tediousness of this, of this composition of this Hebrew poem is just it's amazing. So Psalm 119, verses 41 through 48. This is God's word to us this morning. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate. On your statutes. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open our eyes so that we may see and behold wonderful things in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe one of the hardest things to do in our day and age, certainly in our culture, is to slow down. I mean, we live in a very fast-paced society, a fast-paced world, just instantaneous information and go, 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 go. So to actually take time to, to slow down and, and think, it's very difficult. When was the last time you had quiet time? I'm not using Christian speak here. I mean it like quiet time, like quiet, besides sleeping. And I mean time when you had time to, to just think, just, just think, just have quiet. Or when was the last time that you had quiet time in, in God's word? And by that, I mean you had dedicated time for reading, for praying, for studying God's word. There were there were no peoples, there were no animals, there were no devices begging for your attention. It was just quiet. 
How many of you think that that type of quiet time that I'm referring to is impossible? How many of us feel like that's just a mirage? (laughs) That type of quiet just doesn't come easy. Well, I hope after our study today in this passage, you will begin to think about quiet time differently and how important it is in the Christian life. In verse 48, if you will look there, in Psalm 119, the last sentence there, the psalmist says, I will meditate on your statutes. Meditate or meditation. This is a word that is used for the fourth time in Psalm 119. The psalmist says meditate or meditation eight times in the, in the whole scope, all 176 verses. And so this word, meditate, or meditation, what the psalmist is teaching us here is that it is one of the keys to loving God and loving his word. One of the keys to loving God and loving his word is, is meditation. I mentioned it. I mentioned this last week. That isn't it interesting that the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, is about the Bible. Every every verse, almost every single verse, with the exception of two or three, mentions the Word of God in some form or fashion. So, taking this idea even a little further, this longest chapter in the Bible, all 176 verses, in many ways, is the writer, is the psalmist meditation on the word of God. He is meditating. He is thinking about the place and the importance of of the scriptures in his life, in his walk with God, or we may say in the Christian life. And so for the psalmist, and this is true for all the believers, for all of time, the key to, to taking the scriptures, to taking the word of God and applying them to our lives and asking the Lord to affect the way that we walk and live and think about him, the psalmist says it's meditation. Meditation. I'm here to tell you this morning that meditation, it's going to involve some quiet time. It's, it's going to involve some focus time. It's going to take discipline. Discipline to remove distractions and temptations. So that you can focus on the Lord and his word. So there's so much we could talk about in this passage this morning, but I want to focus on meditation. What the psalmist means here when he says, I will meditate on your statutes. And so let's discover the biblical meaning of meditation by asking three diagnostic questions. So what is meditation? Why do we need it? And how do we do it? What is it? Why do we need it? How do you do it? All right, first is what is meditation? So what do you think of when you think or hear that word meditation? Automatically, you think of some guru in robes with a bald head up on a mountaintop or something like that. Sadly, this idea of meditation has become identified with non-Christian thought more than it has biblical Christianity. Meditation is prominent in many forms of Eastern spirituality or religions or cult movements and because of this we as christians we get uncomfortable when we hear about meditation or we get suspicious of someone saying i meditated this morning it's like what did what do you mean what did you do (laughs) 
But the type of meditation that we're talking about here and that the psalmist mentions here is biblical meditation. And this is not this mystical idea that we look deep within ourselves to find purpose and meaning. But we're talking about the biblical idea of looking intently into the Word of God day and night to find meaning and purpose and words and thoughts from God and His Word. That is what we mean when we say meditation, biblical meditation. Meditation is not the Eastern idea of just, of just empty yourselves. Just empty yourself, clear your mind of all your thoughts. No, don't do that. <laughs> Fill your mind with God and His Word. Fill up your heart and your mind and your thoughts and your mouths with God's Word. And so meditation is, is thinking deeply on God's Word for meaning and for understanding in our walk with Christ. We fill ourselves with God and His Word, the Bible. Pastor and seminary professor Donald Whitney, he wrote a wonderful book called The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Highly recommend it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an in-depth, it's, it's, it's not a cakewalk, but he speaks much about the, the spiritual disciplines in the Christian life, and he gives this definition for biblical meditation. He says it's deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. Deep thinking on, on the truths of God's Word so that we can pray these words, so we can apply these words to our lives, so that we can understand what they mean. That is what we mean when we say biblical meditation. But secondly, why do you need meditation? Why do we need it? Again, the psalmist speaks of it eight times in Psalm 119. And so again, Donald Whitney says, meditation is both commanded by God and modeled by the godly in Scripture. Commanded by God that we meditate. We're, we're called to do it. It's something we must, we must do, something we must perform, something that, that God says we need. But yet it's also modeled by the godly. Here we see the psalmist in Psalm 119, just a full meditation on the word of God. We read in our scripture reading this morning, Psalm 119. Who is the blessed man? Who is that mighty oak of righteousness that's like a tree planted by streams of water? He's the one who meditates on the word of God day and night. It doesn't mean all day long, all night long. But fill yourselves up with the word in the morning and in the evening so it is part of you all the day long. When we speak of meditation... We are talking about a spiritual discipline. Just like you brush your teeth every morning and evening. Hopefully you do. We have some dentists here. We'll help you with that if you need any. Meditation is something that we do. It's, it's something that we need. It, it is a discipline. It's those things in the Christian life that we need for growth and godliness. And they're infused in us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes these things and he uses them in the Christian life. 
And so that's why the intake of God's word through, through prayer, through meditation, through reading, through scripture memory, through hearing, all of these things are vital. Because if we don't do these things, we'll be like the tree that is never watered. That will never bear fruit, that will be dry and shriveled up and dead. And so these spiritual disciplines that we need, prayer, Bible study, memorizing and meditating on the Scripture is vital for the Christian life. Again, Donald Whitney. There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. And most certainly this involves meditation. We need it. We need biblical meditation on the scriptures. Look here with me in this psalm, verse 41. The psalmist says, he asks, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord. In verse 43, he asks, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. Verse 47, he declares that the word of God is his delight. In verse 48, he says, that he will lift up his hands toward the commandments of God, which he loves. And so what is the key to his request? What is it that motivates him to reach for God's commandments and to use them in his daily life? What is it that moves his heart toward the word of God and toward saying that he loves these and he needs them? It is meditation. It's taking the time to think deeply on the word of God. The old pastor Charles Bridges says this. It is only meditation on the word of God. That all the graces of the spirit are manifested. Meditating on the word of God. That the Holy Spirit rushes in. And he applies all those good things that we need in the Christian life to our lives. And the truth is that meditation it will kindle your love for God. It will help you keep Christ first in, in your life. There is blessing. There is blessing on those who warm their hearts and their minds at the fire of meditation. There is blessing of those who warm their hearts and their minds at the fire of meditation. So meditation, it's an, it's an important discipline. It's a vital spiritual discipline that the child of God must pursue. It is, it is why it's so often spoke of and encouraged in the scripture. Blessed is the man who meditates on the word of God, the psalmist says in the very first psalm. And so how do you meditate? Let me just not say do it and close in prayer. How do you, how do, you do it? Well, to explain what meditation is like, I want to use an illustration here from nature. Did you know that cows have four stomachs? Now, look, you need to take this on authority from me. I went to Mississippi State, <laughs> a.k.a. Cow College. And there's several other here that are going, amen, I saw you there. We know something about cows. I could tell you stories about that, but we'll stop there. For all of you zoologists out there, cows don't really have four stomachs. They have four compartments to their stomachs, okay? And so their, their digestive system is very different from uh, the human stomach. 
So in the first part of this cow's stomach, chews the food, ingests it, goes down, the food is broken down. But in the second part or compartment of the cow's stomach, it's, the food is, is mixed with slava and the food is further broken down and this stuff called cud is produced. And sorry for all of you who have queasy stomachs. The cows then burp up that cud and chew on it some more to break it down even more. And then the third part of that st- their stomach, the, 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 the water is absorbed into the food. And then the final part, that's where it's digested, much like the human stomach. Now, why in the world am I telling you all this? Because I think this process of a cow's eating and digestive process and their stomach function is an illustration of the way that we should approach God's word in meditation. Psalm 119 is not simply meant to be just read. You know, read a little bit and then move on with your life. It is simply, it's meant to be chewed on and swallowed and then chewed on again over and over and over wrestling with the text. This is what meditation is like. We chew on the word of God. We think deeply about its meaning and, and how it applies to our lives and, 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 and what, it, what, what is God teaching us. And so I think all of Psalm 119 is, this is the psalmist showing us how to meditate. This is the psalmist teaching us how to chew and swallow and then chew again and digest the, the words of grace. So chew on the word. Chew on it. Because we are forgetful people. I mean, how many of us can read our Bibles every morning or even just read the the, the sermon passage this morning? We walk out of here and we forget. Very discouraging to pastors to think about that. (laughs) It's forget. So how do we how do we remember? We meditate, we read God's word day and night so it absorbs into our minds and into our hearts. And so I want to give you some very practical ways to help you meditate on the Bible. And, and by the way, these are things that I do. These are things that I did before I was a pastor. These are things that have helped me in my spiritual growth. And and this is something I want to encourage you to do. And I want to encourage you to do it with very short sections of the Bible. Maybe just one verse. For sure, maybe one stanza here from Psalm 119. A very short passage that you can just chew on and think about and wrestle with. So here's something you could do with each stanza of Psalm 119. Read the passage. Read your selection of Scripture Three to five times. Or ten. Whatever. Read it over and over and over. And perhaps on the last time that you read it, read it very slowly. Think about each word. And and, and pray through it. Use these words to help you pray and and to talk to God and communicate with Him. And then once you've done this, just ask. Simple diagnostic questions of the text. What is it saying? What is it teaching? Why why is it saying that? 
And how can I apply this to my life? How can this help me know God and know him, his word? How can this help me love him and love my neighbor? Just very simply ask those questions. I found one of the most effective ways in doing this is to journal. Just write it out. What you're, what you're reading, what you're learning, what, what God is, is teaching you. The practice, this practice must be, it must be spirit-led. We're asking, Holy Spirit, help me understand what's going on in the Word. And that's why this Psalm 119, verse 18, that wonderful prayer that we said we can use when we approach God's Scripture. Open my eyes, O Lord, so that I can see wonderful things in your law, in your Word. Holy Spirit, teach me about God. Teach me about yourself. Teach me about grace. Teach me about Jesus. Teach me about how to live the Christian life. This is all what it means to just think deeply and have quiet time in the Word. There, there are so many other things that I could teach you and, and, and tell you here about meditation. But the, the most important thing is if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to know God's word more, then start doing it. Devote yourself to this practice every day. It doesn't have to be long. Start with just five or ten minutes. If you don't have five or ten minutes, I can't help you. <laughs> Go find somebody to help you with time management. Maybe do it in the car. Don't close your eyes <laughs> when you're driving, but... Maybe think about, just think about God's word in the car. Maybe get up 10 minutes early. Some suggestions for having this meditation time, this time, quiet time in God's word. Have a, have a time. When are you going to do it? Have a place. Where are you going to do it? Have a plan. What are you going to do? Like, what's going to be your plan to meditate on God's word? I, I will promise you this. I can guarantee this. Once you start doing it, then you will know exactly what the psalmist says when he says, I find delight in your commandments, which I love. I lift up your hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Because those are words spoken by one who went to the well of God's grace in the word. And he drank the cool waters and he wanted more and more and more. This is what meditation does. It leaves us wanting more and more of God and his word because it is a delight. So quickly here, what, what are some of the roadblocks when it comes to biblical meditation? Just doing it. Are you too distracted? Are you just too distracted as... Is technology, is all the beeps and whistles and buzzes, are they, are they just distracting you? Do you need to remove some distractions? Are you too busy? I mean, literally, you're not just saying that. You look at your calendar and you're like, I'm too busy. So, so what do you need to cut out? Are you too tired? Do you simply need to just get some sleep so that you can devote yourselves to these things? Have you ever laid in bed at night Maybe perhaps in the winter and you're cold and you're sitting there shivering 
but you don't want to get up and go grab a blanket even though you know that'll help. And you don't want to get up and adjust the thermostat because you don't want to get too cold. Why do we do that? It's silly, right? We can fix this. <laughs> Just go bump the thermostat up. Get a blanket. Warming ourselves is easy if we just do these things. Meditation can often be that way. Thomas Watson once said, the reason we come away so cold from reading the scripture is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. We come away cold sometimes from just reading the scriptures because we need to warm ourselves, think and meditate on scriptures we must go to the bible hungry eager for the spiritual food longing to be fed we must go to the bible mining it for treasure looking for gold we must go to the bible as it is the fire that will warm our lives and cause us to delight and to trust and to hope in god and his word So may God help us to see the beauty and the blessing of meditating on his word. This morning we have another opportunity to to meditate. To think deeply about the Lord and his word and what he has done through holy communion. Momentarily the elements will be passed around to you. We ask as our custom that you will hold them. And, and, and you will have an opportunity to just to think, to meditate, to, to pray about the gospel and what Jesus has done on your behalf. And, and so don't miss the opportunity to meditate this morning. Think about this. Meditate on this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's the gospel. Chew on that as we prepare for the supper. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have not just told us that we must do something. You have shown us. You have shown us here what it means to think deeply on the word and to chew on it and to digest it and to use it in our daily lives and so father help us to see that this is not something that we must just do but it's something that we desperately need father help us to to think and meditate on your word of life and we thank you that there we see jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith, who was the Word made flesh. Lord, help us to think on him. In his name we pray. Amen.